Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute Podcast. Each week we get together to talk about the all-too-timely 1971 Robert Wise-directed techno-thriller, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com, the Apollo 13 Minute, Airport Minute, and the Rocketeer Minute. And I'm Sean German from Spinal Tap Minute, Groundhog Minute, and the Next Scene Podcast. Cool. And uh, all, all worthy podcasts, so please check them out. Um, we are, uh, we're here in a, in a, in an Econoline van <laughs> uh, watching a radar scope uh, going around and around and around. And uh, I, was, I was mentioning before we were recording, the, uh, that one little scene uh, is a very famous piece of stock footage later on. Uh, the following year after this was uh, made, they, uh, they used the radar scope going around and around in the opening uh, credits of The Six Million Dollar Man, um, just in superimposing uh, Lee Major's face over the top of it with The Six Million Dollar Man frame. But <laughs> well, that's yeah, the universal I, title. Yeah, well, and now I hear there's, there's sort of a beep, yeah. beep that, that runs yeah, that, through... That, this minute that I can hear the the heart monitor, um, yeah. that's hooked up to uh, you know Steve Austin during during that credit sequence. It all all comes together yeah. now. So they never never waste a clip. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Well, and you you'll be seeing some some familiar well not faces but familiar scenes um, later on in the film as well. So. Yeah, yeah. It, and, uh, uh, you know, going along with that idea of uh, you know never waste a good clip or a good set. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, any any props you'll see, you know, all, all that stuff wound up in the uh, the warehouse at Universal Studios. And anytime they mm-hmm. need something sciency, they yanked out a couple of, uh, I, I guess, everything but dead monkeys to uh, be reused in uh, episodes <laughs> of um, Banachek or uh, the you know McMillan and Wife and things like that. Um, it's a pretty big van on the end. It seems it seems a little bit bigger on the inside than it is on. the outside of the van they seem they have a lot of room to move around in there um i do like that old that old yeah. uh hewlett packard well, was... pen plotter Whoop, did i lose you okay i, I never i never oh i never quite made that connection i thought see i thought we were flashing back to like sort of home base wherever that is that we'll see you know, we'll see he's they're going to get on the radio and they're going to be talking with some other folks someplace else. Um, I actually never picked up that this is all in, in the van, this this plotter yeah, and uh, yeah. the sweep of the scope. Um, yeah, there, that's so a, I do that's like a this local... is a. So that's that's him local like he's he's plotting out his current position in the van. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it oh. just. <laughs> Does a nice technical matter of drawing a uh, drawing a pen, you know a, a giant arrow going it's over here. <laughs> yeah. In case you you know for for those of us in the audience that are like me that are a little slow you need the giant audio <laughs> but the giant arrow. Um, but there's like there's some filmmaking going on the 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 sweep of that dish circling kind of fades into the sweep of the scope going around. Yeah yeah very nice very nice edit matching there. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of tech equipment that we, we might not know what what it's made out of or what what it's doing, but there's enough clues on it that we can say, oh, mm-hmm. this is this is what it does, and it's um, obviously it's whatever they're looking for. The the computer knows where it is, and they better they better head over there. Yeah, and it's classified. Uh, we know that. Yeah, 
yeah, it's it's super super uh, science techs, you know, secret science. Um, and the uh, the sergeant there is uh, kind of finds it funny that it's in a town of uh, sixty eight people. He's obviously a big city guy, and finding a finding a small town out in the hills is a uh, is a little bit you know humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if anything, it'll at least limit the casualties that we're going to find out about later. Um, it's I, I, as far as I can tell that the the radar beeping serves no useful purpose to them other than telling them it's still working. Yeah. Yes. Cause there's, there's, well, I think it carries on past, uh, certainly past this minute to the next. I'm not sure how far into the movie it goes, but there's, there's a lot of beeping. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I'm not sure what it's tied to other no, than, but I think yeah. it's, it's giving us the idea of, I mean, that's, that's the, the classic ticking clock. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is it's kind of a heartbeat. It's it's I think in horror movies you associate that that rhythmic beeping with uh, with terror or with something ominous happening. Um, yeah, because not to uh, give too much away, but so, so something happens to um, the gentleman that we see this minute, and I was kind yeah. of expecting, and I hadn't seen it. I was rewatching it recently, and I hadn't seen the film for a while, and I kind of expected the, the beeping to stop. That it was sort of hooked up to. Um, you know their their life monitoring equipment, and yeah. then uh, it would stop. But no, the beeping keeps going. It yeah, just, it's just uh, it'll go on whether they're whether they're dead or yeah. alive. It'll it'll still go. It's kind of like the the teletype going in the background of um, you know an old timey news report. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't the the two guys get out of the truck and go back out. There's doesn't seem to be any reason for them to go outside again. It's like if they know where it is, just start up the van and go into town. But mm-hmm. they come out just so they can have that. Uh, ominous bit of dialogue there where uh, they notice a bunch of buzzards flying overhead and the sergeant didn't know that buzzards fly at night and uh, the lieutenant, the all-knowing lieutenant says well, they only fly when something's dead so the uh, the officer should have chimed in with dun-dun-dun but yeah. uh, it's uh, it, it feels it feels a bit um World War II movie before battle, especially when the guy pulls out the Zippo lighter and, you know, lights up a cigarette and we get, we better, we're going in boys, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does sort of date the film when, when he lights the cigarette, that's, that's, yeah. we were kind of talking about if they, you know, if this was remade today, how would they set it up? And uh, they certainly wouldn't have the, one of the good guys smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Or unless he's, unless he's going to die and then he'd be smoking an electronic <laughs> cigarette, I think. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't uh, quite pack the same the same emotional yeah. punch as uh... <laughs> pushing the little blue button and things and just yeah it um I'm trying to figure out if they're properly cast the the sergeant looks like air force guy but this other guy looks like a like a bellhop he he seems too out of shape <laughs> to be a, a an air force guy I I just and especially that haircut the the haircut's a, he's a little bit too long Mm-hmm. Uh, for for where he's at, um, but I don't know. Maybe he I, I, at points like this, I always wonder if it's the director's nephew or you know he was he was friends with somebody at Universal or more more than likely he's like a Universal uh, bit player who's on contract and so they needed somebody to fill in here and it was it was either him or um, you know Burt Mustin's too old or you know, Robert Loggia was too popular and had this guy so <laughs> dropped him in. 
Yeah. So another another spoiler alert is don't get too attached to these gentlemen. These are not <laughs> yeah. major players in this film. We don't yeah, need to they... dig too deep into uh, the the character motivation here because. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 if this were in a if this were World War II movie, they'd be showing each other uh, pictures of their sweethearts in their in their wallets. Yeah. What um, are you going to do when you get back to the world? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, you know, that's you know enough yeah. of a setup, but. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't have a harmonica, but one of them should have. So it's uh, very very peculiar. But uh, yeah, yeah it's, but but that's nice because they they don't do anything like that. I didn't pick up on any sort of that kind of foreshadowing that tells you, oh, these guys are not are not hanging out. I mean, as far as if you're watching this for the first time, as far as you know, these are the stars of the film. These are your two main characters right here that we're yeah. going to follow along with their adventure. Yeah, and as as we get into the film, we find out there are no stars. I mean, the, mm-hmm. you know, the bigger names, Arthur Hill, he hadn't uh, his major role as uh, Owen Marshall, attorney at law, wouldn't happen for another year. So none of the people were really well known. Yeah, I think that the the biggest stars here are the the author of the novel and the director. Yeah, those are the stars. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I I think that was a conscious choice. Uh, uh, there were there were there were two things that drove it one is they had to keep them keep the budget down mm-hmm. and uh the other part was i think universal just needed a, a movie that summer or that yeah. spring <laughs> and they, they rolled with this one um well, if, it was, if they... it, yeah if it, if it worked you know it, i'm just wondering if uh the expense of building the sets and stuff was what what kind of tan, you know tempered all that um do you, it's, this movie might, might not have worked if it, if it had like you know Gregory Peck in the lead or something, or if you had put William Holden as the the main guy. Um, yeah, I, I I would worry that there'd be like there'd be more speeches. Like you've got to give if you had an actor of that um, you know fame or level that you'd have to you feel the need. Well, we have to give them their big scene. They need to give yeah. some impassioned speech to chew the scenery and. Um, I don't know if that would have worked as well as, as the film does. Yeah, it's um, it's peculiar. It um, but as as a movie, I mean, we're we're recording this in as I said at the beginning of the time of plague. This this fits pretty well in, in the pantheon of uh, of plague and germ movies. Do you do you have any particular favorite plague movies? Ooh, um, I hadn't thought about that. There's um. You know, there's there's a whole genre of of zombie movies that usually start off um, some mysterious you know mysterious event, but it's often a um, well in this you know in this case it's a satellite, but a lot of times it's a meteor or some strange um, yeah. in, in you know bacterial or invisible invader that turns people into zombies. Um, yeah, well, in the um, invasion of the body snatchers, that's a sort of plague. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. That might be one of my favorites. The um the 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 70s one with with Donald Sutherland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Brooke Adams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, what what do you what are your some of some of your favorite plague movies? I mean, then there's the 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 uh, 10 commandments, of course, probably the king of all plague. Yeah. Movies. I mean, you got yeah. 10 plagues there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're 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 all set with that one. Um I do like uh you know, there's the uh there's the out outbreak and um, uh, you know all those 
the Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo mm-hmm. middle, you know, solving a, solving a problem. But the only downside of those is I, they're a little bit too documentary. And I mean, this one, this one kind of rides between drama and documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a lot of things with paranoia, uh, that, that go on in this where uh, as I, I do like the original, um, the original, uh, invasion of the body snatchers because it's not as overt. It doesn't, it doesn't rely as much on, um, makeup and weird you know that kind of weirdness it just mostly relies on the acting of how how people are and how they change mm-hmm. um i guess would uh would stepford wives would you think that would count because that's kind of a slow takeover of a population and you don't realize sure it's a similar theme yeah i would go with that there's a very obscure one and i have not been able to find it released in in years uh warner warner home video has not released it there was a movie with george Papard. And Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, it was a comedy, and it was called "What's So Bad About Feeling Good." It was made um, about a year or two before this. And what it is is there was a there was a bird that was imported from South Africa, uh, South America. And it was a toucan, you know, like the Fruit Loops guy. And mm-hmm. uh, he brought a virus with him that made people nice. And the bird got loose in Manhattan, and suddenly all these people were getting infected, and they were being nice to each other. And it had changed, um, like psychiatrists were going broke because none of their pa- <laughs> none of the patients needed them anymore, and and people were you know nobody was getting parking tickets because they were all being polite and stuff. And uh, what it talked about it toward the end, uh, Mary Tyler Moore lived in like a um, a loft with a bunch of other people, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody else in her loft had gotten the disease, but her. And she noticed that they were all acting strangely friendly, but she didn't know why. But she noticed that she was friendly as well. And what what had come out of it, the whole thing, was the disease didn't have to infect everybody. But if, like, half the people in Manhattan were nicer than usual, then everybody would be nice. So... <laughs> That was that was the uh, I and society it. would collapse, and we can't yeah, have that. Yeah, and, oh. yeah. It, it's there's so many things like the sales of uh, you know antacids and uh, ulcer medicines went down, and all this other th- and you know people were just uh, there was no graffiti, and there was it, 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 and it was it's it just a dumb little movie. I saw it about maybe thirty years ago, um, and it disappeared. It's still it's listed on IMDb again. It's called What's So Bad About Feeling Good. But if I could buy a copy of it, I would. It's, it's just a, a dumb little hilarious movie about a about a, a, a niceness plague. Um, so anyway, some some look forward. I don't know if we'll ever do the what's so bad about feeling good uh, minute, but if, I, I call dibs on it. All right. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, let's leave this fellow with a zippo. Uh, although I'd like if before we get to uh, if we come back to this on Friday, notice that he just lit it up and he just took one drag off the cigarette. So we'll see what. We'll see what happens on, <laughs> on Friday, but uh, we'll have a bit a bit to discuss then. Um, for folks who have missed previous episodes, you can catch them over at Andromeda Minute or on any of the good pod-catching places like um, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or, or TuneIn or whatever you get your podcasts, so check those out. Uh, you can find us on social media at uh, Project Wildfire on Facebook or Andromeda Minute on Twitter. Love to hear from you and hear how you're enjoying the show so far. Sean, let's talk about where people can listen to you. Uh, yeah, well, I've I've done some of these uh, movies by minutes things previously. Uh, my first one was Spinal Tap Minute, where we covered the movie This Is Spinal Tap, 
one minute at a time, and that's still up at SpinalTapMinute.com. And I also covered uh, Groundhog Day, um, and you can find that at GroundhogMinute.com. Awesome. Wow. Well, uh, join us back here as we end out the week with uh, these two guys on a mountaintop. Uh, in the meantime, please wash your hands, uh, maintain a good social distance, and uh, hopefully we'll get through all this together. So we'll see you here next time and finish out the week here on the Andromeda Minute. Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.